draft check. This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. And we did it, folks. We finished the whole 2021 LV Dynasty draft. Did a slow portion, did a fast-ish portion. And boy, it was fun. What did you think, Sneak? I, I don't know how... Uh, how much you were really looking at it, but what'd you think? Uh, yeah, it was definitely not involved in the rest of the draft. Talk about the fast-ish portion. That sucker went by at lightning speed as opposed to the slow draft, which took like a month. So interesting to see those rounds fly by and what it was looking like. I just stocked up on kickers. That was my strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. it all paid out for me in the end. And uh, I think everyone's going to be happy with their teams. And now – Season's coming up, ready to make some trades, ready to kind of fine-tune those rosters. And uh, if anyone needs a kicker, come say hello. Well, speaking of people who I think are satisfied with their teams, we do have a special guest today. So without further ado, we're going to bring him in. We're going to call him up from the uh, on-deck circle. Depths. I don't know. He's from the depths of the sea, I think, is where he's coming from tonight. From the depths of the sea, it's... Laviska Lavuska himself. Chanuska. Ernie. Laviska Lavuska. He's here. <laughs> Welcome, Eric. Thank you, guys. It's an honor to be here. It's the privilege to uh to see how the sausage is made of the scum and sneak show. I've been a listener for a long time, so I'm excited to finally be on. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Appreciate you being part of the league, uh, taking time out of your eve. To come on the show, excited to get into the mind of Ern uh, and have him join us tonight, Scum. I'm excited. Me too. Definitely long overdue. One of the most active and savvy managers in the league for sure. Has True. had basically every kind of plan you can in Dynasty and has enacted them all in the middle of the, uh, the powerhouse one right now, which we'll get into. But first, we've got to do a nonsense minute. And I've got a special one. Just for Eric, during, uh -oh. during the pandemic, we all know that there was a big trading card boom. Basketball cards, football cards, and Pokemon cards, mm -hmm. which Eric got into. Really? So, I'm a Poke right? fan. My question, and it kind of goes in line with the childhood nostalgia kick that we've been on lately, is a simple one. What was your favorite Pokemon? <laughs> oh, my favorite oh, no. Pokemon. <laughs> Sneak, did you did you dabble at all in Pokemon? Play the game, watch the show, look at the I cards. I mean, at the most, at the most smallest, smallest of levels. So I'm can, gonna be worthless on this. Can you name more than like five Pokemon? Yeah, I can name more than five Pokemon. I do it. All right, Pikachu, Charizard, uh, Bubbles, Bubble Squad, or something. <laughs> uh, Two and a half. Freaking, uh, yeah, uh, Squirtle. There you go. Three and a half. All right, three and a half. That's my limit. All right. Bubble so. Squad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say Bubble Squad was your favorite. That's going to be your answer? That's, that's my answer. Bubble Squad, my favorite Pokemon. All right. Eric, what about you? Um, This is tough, but I think I've got a tie between two. And they're very similar for some reason. I, I don't really know what the why it's like that, but 
I like Gyarados, mm-hmm. like the long, the long water guy, dragon thing. From the depths, yep. From the depths of the sea. Oh, wow. Perfect fit. And uh, and I like Onyx, the, who's like the exact same, but he's just rocks instead. Hmm. I don't know why 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 it's like that. Hmm. I like that. I would not have expected either of those picks from you. Mine is really basic, but it's Charizard. He was the one that I mm. picked in the game, you know, early on. He's a cool looking dragon. And your boy's basic. What do you what am I gonna do? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. So we got uh, Charizard. Uh I forget the names. Ernie same again. <laughs> Gyarados and Onyx. Those are my guys. And Onyx. And then we got Bubble Squad. Bubble oh Squad. man. Let's put a Pokemon team together. And go out there and, and freaking fight other Pokemon teams or whatever. Honestly, it's a solid team. It's not a bad makeup. Sounds like it's going to win a lot of rounds. <laughs> so many rounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of rounds, mm-hmm. our fast portion of the draft was six, seven rounds, excuse me, seven blistering rounds full of interesting picks. Before we get into that, the, one of the reasons we wanted to bring Eric on today was he had one of the most front-loaded drafts we've seen in recent memory. Oh, yeah. Eight picks in the first three rounds. Is that right, Eric? Uh, yep, that is correct. Eight of his eight. first ten picks, or eight of his ten picks were in the first three rounds, so definitely front-loaded. We won't go, you know, I don't want you to have to give away so much of your strategy and thinking, but how did it feel? Are you happy with your draft? Are you concerned at any with any of those guys? I mean, you didn't necessarily have to take a shot or a risk with any of those picks. There's pretty good guys or guys that you could feel comfortable with. So tell us how you felt about that. There was a couple of guys that that I wanted to walk away from the draft that making sure they were on my team. One was Jamar Chase. So I took him first overall. One, the other guy is kind of a surprise, but I wanted Terrace Marshall on my team really bad. So I probably reached for him, but I had to do what I, what I had to do to, uh, to get him on my team. And as far as the other guys, Schneek knows more than anybody. My running backs are, I think, great, but they're getting up there in age. Yeah. So I had to, had to get a couple running backs that, we're not only going to be good for this year, but if they're not going to be good this year, maybe they're set up, set, they'll be set up for next year, like Javante Williams and Trey Sermon. That, that was my thought there. What a, what a draft you had. Very impressive what we've seen the last couple of years of you stockpiling picks and capital and all the moves that you made. Uh, and I'm just going to have, I'm going to have to rewind a little bit. A lot of one of our themes is when we have guests on, we try to do dive into the mind a little bit and we're going to, focus a lot on the draft, but just kind of walk us through your overall dynasty philosophy, what you've been doing the last couple of years, why you've been doing it and kind of where you're at now, where I feel like you're probably on that like last chapter of what it is that you were planning, you've been working towards just kind of walk us through that a little bit, what it is, your philosophies, how you think, how you go about things, what you look for, just kind of hit us with some of that knowledge that comes out of your brain. Mm. Well, I don't think it's any secret that draft picks are my favorite thing. So obviously I stockpiled a ton of those. And my original plan was to use those draft picks. But as you guys know, that didn't quite work out so well. So I traded all those picks 
my original plan was to get young receivers, which I did last year. I just drafted nothing but receivers because receivers have a longer shelf life. And then as those receivers get better and better, that's when you go for the running backs. Um, Cause obviously they have a shorter shelf life, but I think running backs are more important as far as fantasy football goes. So my plan was to get young, young receivers and then follow that up with young running backs afterward. But you know, things don't always go as planned. And here we are. Here we are. Here we are. No, that's true. That's uh things don't always go as planned. You have to be able to pivot, move, change up, adapt. Uh, I feel like there's probably some people in the league that just kind of stay the course, no matter what. Uh, I was kind of one of them for a while and I decided it was time to do a, a rebuild. So it's interesting that, you know, you just, no matter what with you, it looks like your, however your team is made up, the picks, the players, what's going on. You're always willing to do something, which is not only fun and entertaining and, and good, I think for the league, but you always have that plan and you're willing to change that plan if need be. And I think that's important when you're running not only a fantasy team, but definitely a dynasty team with the way things are always moving and shaking in this league. Love it. Yeah, I think we, we would be remiss, too, to not talk about it because the reason both of you have had differing, divergent plans from what we expected out of you this season was because of a major trade you guys did. So you kind of talked about it, both of you, that there was an unexpected change in the winds where both of you kind of saw an opportunity to take a different path. So I guess my question to, to Eric, but maybe to both of you, was it a matter of just feeling stagnant, feeling like you needed to change it up, wanting to try the opposite strategy specifically, or was it something else, something just like made sense at the time and it happened? Maybe a hard question to answer, but let me know. Cause I haven't changed my philosophies ever. I think, uh, I think I can speak for Shanique and I saying that I don't think either one of us wanted to do that trade <laughs> because um, <laughs> those were his guys and he always wanted to win. That's his plan. Forget draft picks. I want to win this year. And my plan is I don't want to give up. I don't know. Was it nine first round draft picks? I don't want to give up all that for a chance to win this year. And if I don't win this year, then what? And so we were both kind of hesitant to do it. Um, because draft picks will only go up in value. Draft picks don't get hurt. So if I have Dalvin and Zeke and they go down, then I'm, then I'm out of luck. So, um, I think we both went into it thinking that in our head, it was a good idea. And in our hearts, neither one of us wanted to do it. Yeah. You hit it right there on the nail on the head on that last statement, Earn. It was, and the head and the heart was just not lining up. And big, the biggest motivating factor for me is I really, you know, a day or so really leading up to that whole conversation and trade, I had, had to go hard look at the squad and I decided this isn't, it's not getting me to where I, I thought it would. I, you know, am I going to go to another year where I make the playoffs, maybe win a playoff game, whatever it may be, do I, or, or do I, blow it up and start fresh and do it that way, which I really have never done. So that's what it came down to for me, basically. So what should I do next? Can you just keep winning every year? Okay, <laughs> cool. I think you should blow it up, blow it all up. I tried to, I started to, when I moved to Aaron Jones this off season and then said, I don't like this. And then just <laughs> put the kibosh on that plan. So 
Who wants Jesse's first? I'll take it. It's going to be good. Have you seen Jesse's draft? No, I haven't. Did he draft horribly? <laughs> we will get into it, but let's, let's just kind of get to know Eric a little more. Okay. Eric is the last and final holder of the defunct BDE belt that we were giving out last season. I was just thinking about that the other day. Remember when we started that and we just kind of didn't follow through? <laughs> well, what happened is it could only keep going to Eric. No one was trying to get it. So no point in giving it out. It's just his. It lives in his house now. There's no moving around, no timeshare, no shared custody. It's just, it's just Eric's baby. Mm-hmm. But Eric, when you go into a trade, I think what I'd like to talk about is people often – go in concerned about winning and losing the trade, right? Like I need to either capitalize on value and say like, you know, or like trick the other person maybe, um, or at least just have perceived like I got more value than I sent out. Now I think that there's like times when you can just skirt that and say like, whatever needs to happen to make the trade to get what I want. I think that there's definitely room for that. So what would you say to, either of those ideas and do you do you feel like you use one when you go into trade discussions um i i feel like when i when i start a trade i i usually just throw an offer out there and see where they're at um i don't like to i don't like when people try to convince me that a trade is good because that means they're desperate to make the trade so in my head okay it's clearly not fair for me if they're trying to convince me of it so i try not to do that to other people in case they feel the same way but I do try to find somewhere where I value somebody on their team higher and they, than they do. And then they value somebody on my team higher than I do. And I feel like it's just a matter of finding that right piece and just kind of throwing out a bunch of different scenarios of, okay, what if we did this? What if we did this? What if we did this? And then uh, eventually, more often than not, you can land on a deal. I like that. That's smart. And that's probably why you get the most deals done in the league. Shneek, what, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree. That's a, it's a smart way of looking at it. But I'd also follow it up with, I guess, a more of a question. And I probably know the answer. Has there ever been, even in your mind, whether you followed through with it or not, where you look at someone's team or you, or you do enough research on a player where you are convinced that you just have to have this player on your team, this is what's going to put you over the top, or this is what is going to solidify your future plans, whether – have you ever saw that and been like, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make that happen? Because I think everyone, uh, I know I'll speak for myself, maybe Scum and else in the league, they've either made a trade like that before or they've wanted to where they're like, man, I'm going to do what I need to do to get this player because I believe this player is going to push me over the top or like, like what I said, have you ever felt yourself in that way? And if you have, did you ever follow through with it on any of the trades where you were just, I got to have him, I will do whatever I got to do? Well, the thing is, I haven't been a relevant team in the past couple of years. So I don't think there's ever been one player that was going to put me over the top. But I think the closest thing to that was probably this year during the draft is when I was trying to trade with Doug. I think it was the, I don't know, it was like maybe – the second pick in the second round maybe um and i just 
kept offering him and offering him and offering him. And he's like, no, no, no. And I just kept having to add, I think I gave him two second round picks and Christian Kirk for that pick. Um, but I just felt like I wanted Rashad Bateman so bad because I felt like there was such a tear break after him where anybody else after him was not going to be nearly as good. So I feel like I'm starting to get to that point where I, I'm starting to get guys that I really, really think will put me over the edge because my team is finally able to compete. Whereas in the past, I have not been close. So one guy was not going to make or break my team. Whereas now it's a little bit more important. Interesting. So how worried are you now about Rashad's groin? Uh, it's, it's not <laughs> ideal. <laughs> not but, uh, great. You know, not great. Good, not great. Yeah, not great. But <laughs> things heal. Things do heal. And your other groin boy, Curtis Samuel's back. And they cut Calvin Martin to, uh, to bring him back. So, <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're still scared to put him out on wet grass. So it's not that, uh, that promising yet. Is that an actual report? Yes. It was I think oh it was God. raining and it, the grass crazy. was wet. So ah. they decided to have him do side work. <laughs> Man, I don't want to be on white grass either. I get it. Well, uh, I think the last thing we'll ask is we've asked this of everyone now that's a guest. What is your favorite episode or favorite moment uh, from the Scum and Sneak show? I don't think it's a it's a question as the the Jesse and Brandon trade. I think that one is is head and shoulders above the rest. Um, but what I do lo- really like about the Scum and Sneak show is, first of all, I love the ads. They're uh, they're top notch and they add that little special touch. But I also like, of course, if you're a true listener, you listen to the very last second. So the little the little last minute. Uh, saying or or whatever at the very end yeah those are my two favorite things about the the scum and sneak show if you are a true listener you listen all the way to the end and you hear that last little bit of magic that scum drops in there so it's a little treat for the real fans and if you have no idea what we're talking about forget you yeah go listen to the last 10 seconds of the last 40 episodes we're almost at 40 actually congratulations we did it yeah we did it we made 40 that's like a milestone we're actually at like 36. So 36 weeks of episodes, we've got a full-term baby between us. Whoa. Congratulations, Papa. We're pregnant? We're, all, we're almost there. We're about to not be pregnant. We're about to have the baby. Ooh, baby episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> Just, that's coming, and it's going to be – we're going to see how that goes. <laughs> uh, well – Again, thank you, Eric. Thank you for letting us pick your brain a little bit. But now let's get into the meat of the episode. We wanted to do a, a brief-ish draft recap. Shneek and I will do a little deeper dive coming up here. We've got something planned. But again, Eric had a front-loaded draft. He has a lot of exposure and a lot of, out of necessity, a lot of research done on the rookies. So what we're all going to do is give you our best draft pick and our worst draft pick but for the best one we could not pick one of our own because obviously we're going to like you know one of the picks that we got and feel really good about it so one of your own picks was ruled out and do you guys want to start best or worst Eric let's start with worst let's start with worst. that's more fun that is way more fun 
Snake, do you actually, Eric, you're the guest. Why don't you go first? Okay. Let me grab my notes here. So I think this may be a, a running theme. I don't know for sure, but this is just a hunch. My worst draft pick of the LV dynasty 2021 draft is unfortunately Jesse's whole draft. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hate to say it, but Jesse has, I, I would imagine, the oldest team in the league already. Gotta be. And I know the Scum and Shink Show isn't big on numbers, facts, or stats, but let me just hit you with a little bit. Jesse's picks, the average age of his pick is 28 and a half years old in the, the 10 rounds that, of the draft. The players that he just drafted, the average age is 28 and a half? Yes, and this oh, is supposed to be boy. mostly rookies, but the average age is 28 and a half. Oof, now, on top of that, if you take out the people who probably won't be on rosters on opening day, Le'Veon Bell, Darius Geis, and somebody named Sim Rose, oh, yeah, that right now. <laughs> the average age is 30 years old. Oh, my gosh. Jeez Louise, Hesty. Jesse, come on, man. What are we doing? Oh, boy. I love that. I mean, boy. you're so right. I look at Jesse's draft. First of all, starting with Darius Geist. I think that was his first pick in the draft. How to get his guy who is not on a roster right now, if he gets signed, is suspended for the first six weeks, and no one was going to come close to sniffing around him, and Jesse blew his fifth-round pick on him. <laughs> Is there is there anything more Jesse than that though? No, that's that's him through and through. That's that's his whole mo, and I guess I just don't get it. I mean, Jesse, I, we're gonna have to have him explain himself. Yeah, so Jesse's whole draft, I like Eric touched on a lot of it. I totally agree. Even even the guys who are gonna be on rosters that we you know didn't really kill him for right now, like Mark Ingram. Why why? I guess you could say that he's trying to maybe get a leg up on the Texans backfield because he has David Johnson. It sounds like Phil Lindsay is going to be the guy. So now he's just going to have the two old handcuffs to Phil Lindsay. Doesn't make sense. What's another name that he, he got Eric. Do you have any more? The only one I the one I do like, I think Jesse did well on is Zach Ertz. I'm still a believer in Zach Ertz, but I mean, he has Mark Andrews. He's never going to play Zach Ertz. So I think that was kind of a, a nonsense pick. But who well, he got? Oh, Fitzpatrick was the one that really skewed the age up. So a 38-year-old quarterback, I don't know if, how often he's going to play, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Good hmm. point on the Ertz pick, though. I did like that one, especially just from what we've heard out of Ertz. But, I mean, one decent pick out of 10 for Jesse and then that guy was a 30 year old tight end that we thought was out of the league almost <laughs> oh Jesse Snake, let's uh let's see if you can top the worst pick of Jesse's whole draft do you have uh, anyone worse than that well I, I mean to me yes and you guys might have to correct me if I'm wrong here about the little detail little order of it but and I think I remember I made a comment to you when I saw it. Doug's pick at what is a 2.9 Pat Fryermuth. Mm -hmm. 
Now, I did call for Pat to be a top 12 tight end or a sneaky rookie, whatever, possibly to pop into the top 12. But I feel like this pick on Doug's part was, you, you know, when you're watching the draft in there and, you know, Kuiper and all them are saying the needs of the team. I feel like Doug felt like he needed the tight end at that spot. Not that. I don't know. I just, I just disagree with it. When afterwards, Kenneth Gainwell, a rookie running back in Philly, who could easily get some playing time, Chubba Hubbard at the end of that draft. Like, is this the order correct that I'm seeing what, what happened? Yep. You're right. So, I mean, you could have got McCaffrey's handcuff away from Brandon who just had a nice little preseason game or who I just don't, you know, I'm not a big tight end guy anyway. And I just feel like Doug's team, he has one running back. Why not just, why not go Gainwell or Hubbard or why not go both of them before you even go Zach Wilson when you, you know what I'm saying? So I felt like if Doug was truly trying to draft in a way of building, not in terms of like what he felt like, the team needed in like it almost like the actual NFL sense, not like the fantasy sense. It was, it seemed, it just seemed an odd pick for me. So I'm going to say that's the worst pick because it was so early in the second round where even like I said, a couple of players after him are going to be, I feel like good. You could even go into the third round where some of these other rookie receivers that might pop. I think you have to make a more of a uh, uh, riskier type upside pick. I mean, Firemuth might be their guy, but is he ever going to be something that makes a, uh, a difference on your team at 2.9? I, I say no. Uh, maybe I'll make that mistake on my draft next year where I actually get to draft for once, but I just see it in Doug's team and what that team needs. It wasn't him. And I'm going to say that's the worst draft pick. Eric, what do you say to that? I think, I think that's a solid point. I think Firemuth, I think, is a good player. I think he's clearly the second-best tight end in the draft. But I think it's a luxury pick. And I don't think Doug has the luxury of making a luxury pick. Doug needs running backs, and Doug needs wide receivers. And Firemuth is neither of those. Yeah, I like that word, that luxury pick. It's like, really, Doug? Like, I mean, again, he can manage his team at once, and he's got a whole different strategy. But on the outside looking in, the Scum and Sneak Show, which he doesn't even listen to, Pick a fire move there when you just got it. Like what you did last year, go in. I'm going to draft all rookie receivers. And if two out of eight pop, then that's how it goes. I think you have to make that call with running backs receivers before you pick someone like fire move there and at 2.9, but Hey, it wasn't, it ain't me. And I'm probably, I'm sure I'll make a mistake or maybe it won't be a mistake, but I think in the grand scheme, you have to, you have to look at it a little bit harder there than just being like okay well i've drafted a couple i've already drafted a receiver i'm going to get my tight end here i'm going to get my quarterback here the next pick it's like no i don't i think that's kind of how he went about it what i want to point out too is that like i don't know who was targeting firemouth in that range either right like you had maybe what one other team in in ben like in that range that was looking for a tight end i know like everyone kind of needs a better tight end but Firemuth's more of a project. Uh, there's three pretty high-level wide receiver options in in Pittsburgh, not to mention Najee Harris and Anthony McFarland, who's been getting good good publicity from camp. So 
yeah, why take the second string tight end where they're, even if they get to the starter role is going to be fifth, the fifth option, right? Mm -hmm. So I agree that that's a bad pick, but not one that I considered as the worst, actually. Are you ready for my pick? Uh, Yes, we are. It's going to be an obvious one once I say it. And this is, I think this is the only player I've like publicly ever said is a for sure bust, like just wrote him off completely, which means that in week one, he'll probably have like two touchdowns, <laughs> but it's Matt picking two, two at well, what are you doing? Matt? But I mean, I guess I don't have to go too much into it because everyone has heard me say that he is too small. He's not going to be good. He's in a good offense, but again, not going to be uh, a main option. He's probably like the Deshaun Jackson handcuff because that would they, that would be the role. Maybe that's a good thing because Deshaun can't stay healthy. But I don't believe that Tutu can stay healthy. I don't believe that he can hold on to the ball once like a safety hits him. Yeah, I know he's a NFL athlete. Obviously, I'd sound like a dummy probably, you know, harping on how small he is. But I don't believe in him. And he's dumb and he's a bust. I'm going to bust. We've, that you've been harping on Tutu for a while and you're staying on course with that. I love, I love a stay, stay the course plan. I think I'm going to disagree with you there, Scum. I love Tutu. Why? I'm just kidding. I don't love Tutu at all. But <laughs> he is a second-round NFL draft pick, right? He was drafted in the second? Yes, he was. So, I mean, that, that means something. The Rams obviously have a plan for him. And then the, whatever he was drafted, fifth, sixth round, I mean, what are you going to get otherwise? You're not going to get anybody drafted in the second. Granted, I don't, I don't love Tutu. I think he's never, never will be a fantasy starter. But risk versus reward, I think it was worth a shot. Yeah. I mean, like I could see it wor- being worth a shot. Like you said, the range that we're in, in those rounds, late rounds is just like whatever, right? Pick. Pick someone who, I guess the things that I mentioned, like is in a good offense, has speed. You mentioned his draft capital, so not a bad investment. I, I, I totally understand, but he sucks. So take a he different shot. Oh, man. Take a different shot on the guys that I have as my best picks of the draft. Let's transition there. And I've got two, and this is basically what Eric said, like, Late rounds, take a shot on guys that can pop, that can maybe have at least blow-up games on a bye week. You know, you can play the matchup right, whatever. So I've got a tie here. Jim picking Byron Pringle and Ben picking Demarcus Robinson. Take a shot at the Chiefs offense, especially, you know, more so Ben getting Demarcus Robinson in the ninth round. He's a guy that has had huge games before. Sammy Watkins is gone. We don't really believe that Michael Hardman can step up and be a solid two. So why not take the shot there? And that's why I say he's the best pick just because of the value that late and buying a share of that chief's offense. Yeah. I don't think you can go wrong in the ninth round, getting the potential uh, chiefs wide receiver too. I think worth a shot. Worth a shot. I like the point of getting on that Chiefs offense, but I think history shows us that both those guys, maybe more so Demarcus Robinson, is just he's not reliable. I don't know. Pringle's got a fun name, but yeah, 
I guess I, I agree with the shot of taking on a Chiefs offensive player, but I don't – I mean, I don't think either of them are going to be viable plays for whoever – Ben and Jim, I guess, whoever picked them. <laughs> what if Tyreek gets hurt? Then the Chiefs are going to do whatever they can to go get trades or go do something else because they're in the win now. They ain't going to be able to win with Pringle and Demarcus Robinson. If, if Tyreek Hill gets hurt, the Chiefs will – trade them and picks and whatever to go get somebody else or two guys to jump in and, and be, be part of that. All right. All right. So then Shneek, who are your best picks from the draft? All right. My best pick. <laughs> oh boy. No, it's, it's, I just, I'm basing this solely off of the first week of preseason. <laughs> Love that. And I'm going with, Hold on. I'm going to let me figure this out here. Give me just a no, that's the wrong team. Let me figure this out. I don't know the guy's name. <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson. Freaking Ramondre. <laughs> 127 yards and two touchdowns in his first preseason game. And you, we all know, at least I do, that that Patriots backfield can always be a mess. And whoever strikes a chord or becomes friends with Belichick or whatever could be the next guy. And in the third round on Wade's team where he needs running backs and he only got uh, Etienne before this. And it looks like he was not going to maybe get another running back that was going to be productive, was going to play just based solely off the first week. And what I feel like is going to make its way around in that Patriots offense. I like what I saw out of Ramondre and I like that Wade made that pick and it could be a sneaky Big payoff pick if he becomes a starter or gets tons of work off of a really good preseason. So I'm making a more so of a prediction, but I'm saying best draft pick because those first three, four rounds is where you're really making a break in your team. Yeah, you could find a diamond in the rough or pick up a nice free agent in those later rounds. But rookie running back Patriots, Wade's team, I just feel like all the stars aligned. The universe is showing down and saying maybe Wade isn't down and out as he thought he was with only getting Etienne out of that draft. Eric, what do you think about Ramondre? I think Ramondre is the man. I just worry about that Patriots backfield. I I had Sonny Michelle for a little bit, and I never want another part of it. I'm done. So if he wants that headache, go for it. But for me, I don't want any more Patriots running backs. It's tough. It is tough. And that's kind of the point I'm making is that you just, you never know, but you know, rookie, blah, blah. I, I guess I'm just trying to come around there, but I will agree with you because I made the mistake of drafting Lawrence Maroney when he was a rookie thinking he was going to be the man there in new England. And it just turned into the same thing as that where they're still doing. So you could have the flip flop of it where it could be a headache and a problem, but in Wade's situation and what you saw out of that first game, he might, you know, you never know, I guess. And so I'm just basing that off of that performance. I know the headache of the Patriots backfield sucks. We've all been there. But that that preseason game was a pretty stellar preseason game. It was. I, the knock for him coming out of college was like he's fat and slow. But he had a 90-yard touchdown, so maybe he's not as fat and slow as we thought. Aren't we all? We're not all as fat and slow as we think. Uh, sometimes it's worse. <laughs> all right, Eric, round us out with your choice for best pick. All right. This guy, this guy is a rookie. He doesn't get talked about much. But let me kind of set the scenario for you. 
and why and tell you why this is a good pick. So this guy was drafted in the third round of the NFL draft. This guy has been hurt all off season. So he hasn't gotten the hype that all these other rookies have gotten. So he's kind of laying low still the number one and two wide receiver on his team are getting up there. They're inching towards 30. So they're kind of old. And this guy has the under 18 world record in the hundred meters. So he's a speedster. Good stuff. You guys have any guesses who this is? Uh, no. Tutu Atwell. <laughs> Not Tutu. Faster Good. than Tutu. Good. This guy was picked in round six, pick 11. Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like yeah. four picked him. I think that was a great pick for all the reasons I just stated. Yeah. Anthony Schwartz was a guy that, yeah, he's got Olympic speed, like you said, which is pretty impressive. You know, Cleveland Browns offense is, is Baker going to, is Baker going to like take that shot deep over, you know, the short route uh, with Jarvis or will, will Schwartz even see the field if Odell stays healthy all year? I don't know, but I like that call of just taking a shot on top notch speed Decent offense and a guy who, I mean, uh, behind those two, Jarvis and Odell, uh, who haven't been the pictures of health their whole careers. You know, it's Schneek's guy, Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's Rashard Higgins. There's not like a clear third. So Schwartz could Schwartz could pop up into that role for sure. I love the pick just because I've never even heard of him or anything about him. <laughs> so I'm learning. I'm learning. He played at like Auburn or something, right? Yeah, he played at Auburn. I don't really know if he was good at Auburn, to be honest, but I know he's fast. I don't think he was, but he's fast, so we like that. All right, that was our quick draft recap. Best picks, worst picks. And when we come back from a break, we're going to get into the real heart of this episode, something that I'm excited for, something that you guys are going to love hating on. But first, a word from our sponsors. It's draft season. Finally, no more of this whole thing of like, it's almost here. We're almost there. The time is now, folks. And the time beckons you, pleads for you, necessitates you to get the resources that you need to succeed in your drafts. And that's Juge Plus. Right now, we're offering a special promotion for Juge Plus. If you refer a friend and stick your Scummer or your Stummer Sneak Show sticker on their bumper, you'll get a free year of Juge Plus. Something we've never done before, a full year of Juge Plus for free, as long as you vandalize a friend's car. So get out there, get the word out, Machine show, get the word out about Scummer and get your sub to Juice Plus. And we're back. Scum and Sneak here with Ernie Fritz, Laviska Lavuska. Shanuska. And we've got something fun for you guys. I asked the two gentlemen here with me to come up with some spicy takes 
Now, not just like your regular spicy. I said has to be the most outlandish things that you can think of that you have like a kernel of a belief in that you could like see happening that you would be be ready to call and say like I I saw that, but it has to be absolutely wild. So I hope you guys brought it. I hope you got the hottest, hottest, hottest thing you could think of. I don't know if I did because I keep telling stuff like this. It's gonna happen. So I don't know how hot it is, but you guys can tell me. Oh, this is gonna be good. I like this segment. We're gonna just come hot, spicy, just out of this world, and it's probably gonna blow everybody's socks off, and it's gonna probably generate a lot of hate, and that's what we like to do. How hard was this exercise for you guys? Like, I don't think it was. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it was very hard for me because I feel like you just pick a guy that you like and just launch him to the top or you pick a guy you don't like and launch him to the bottom. Okay. Fair. Just find, find arguments for and against. That's fair. Sneak, what about you? Any, I feel like it was kind of easy to get a, a nice big bowl of options and then whittling it down to what I felt like was going to be some of the real hot out of this world uh, takes and trying to find a way to back them up. (laughs) So that was the hard part. I could find a bunch, some fun ones, some really exotic, weird ones, and then trying to pick what I'm going to present and how I'm going to defend it. (laughs) Makes sense. Eric, you're a guest. So you go first. Hit us with the spice. All right, we're gonna stop. We're gonna start with just a little uh, medium spice level here. My first one is not crazy spicy, but here it is. I'm gonna say that Clyde Edwards Alaire will not be an RB one this year. Is whoa, that crazy? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean by RB one? We've had this discussion. Oh gosh. I'm saying he is not in the top 12 running backs. Oh yeah. Perfect. But I will say Clyde Edwards Alaire will be the overall number one running back in fantasy football this year. He's got the offense to back him up. He's got a year in the system. He's got nobody behind him. CEH is the overall running back one in fantasy football this year. Book it. Wow. That's spicy. I'm confused how that is going to work. I'm just, I was just like a, a play on words. He's not going to be an RB1. He is the RB1. Ah, I gotcha. <laughs> a little lead up. Yes. I like it. Okay. So the number one overall dynasty pick from last year, a, a good pedigree as far as like what we've seen on a, on a big stage from him. Sneak and I both were surprised last year watching him in, in a couple games, like better than we thought, right? So it's still real spicy. I don't I don't see any world where it happens just based off of him not getting enough rushing or or receiving work really in that offense. He's the third option at best. And while he can be really productive. RB1, he, you know, he's going to have to score way more touchdowns than last year. He's going to have to hit certain thresholds as far as carries and targets that I just don't think he'll get. Sneak, what about you? Are you absolutely no too spicy? Are you maybe on it? No, I, I can definitely see it be a maybe. Uh, I don't think it's out of this world to think that he could. I don't think he, 
I'm going to say that it's not going to happen, but I guess it could. I, I guess I'm kind of in that middle, mild, medium area. All right, Eric. Good job. I like it. Shneek, what about you? All right. So this is going to be uh, more so about the league and the managers and the teams. Big T will not only make the playoffs, he will win a playoff game. Wow. That team will not only make the playoffs, but he will win a, play, a round in the playoffs and advance in some fashion. Book it. So Big T, a, a playoff contender for most of the year last year, couldn't quite sneak in, but you're saying this year – Team holds up, stays healthy. Uh, what another another banner year from from Thielen? Um, good year from Mostert. And you're saying he sneaks in and upsets someone, or is he going to be a high seed? No, he's making. It's he ain't sneaking in. He's making the playoffs. His team is going to be a lot better than what it looks like. He's going to make the playoffs, and he will win at least his first playoff game in the playoffs this year. I like that. So who's falling out? Me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but Ernie's coming in, actually. You guys are just swapping. Will he, though? I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> I don't know. I like it, Eric. Here's my issue with that. Yeah. My issue is, I know Tyler has good receivers. I don't think Adam Thielen is on his team anymore, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he still does have good receivers. And I, I think the issue with him is running backs. He's got – who does he have? He has Mostert, who I think was on the dope list last week. He's got Todd Gurley. He's, He's got, got Todd Gurley. You have it. Todd Gurley. Oh, yeah, I have Todd Gurley now. <laughs> oh, man, you guys are a mess. We're a mess. <laughs> I just don't see how he, how he do, does it with no running backs. And I know Mostert will go off a couple weeks, but uh, that is a very spicy take. And his wide receivers might, might take him there. It's possible. He's going to do it. I have, I have all the faith in the Alaskan Nomad. It's the Odell resurgence that will make it happen. That's what I meant to say, not feeling. Odell resurgence. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys ready for mine? I think mine's kind of fun. Let's hit it. Okay. I say that this year, three receivers break Michael Thomas's single season reception record. Three of them. No way. Those three are going to be Calvin Ridley, duh, Stephon Diggs, and Allen Robinson. Wow. Uh, that's a big, that's a big one. Now what is the record? Like 150? Yeah, 149. Wow. I think those three each will catch 150 balls this year. Part of that I'm cheating because there is an extra game, but I'm saying all three of them break it, and I'm going to be happy at least with Calvin Ridley doing it. So there you go. What do you think about that one, Ernie? I think I'm I'm racking it in my brain here, and I think that's I think that could happen with the extra game. I think if anybody were to do it, it would be those three, maybe. Maybe Devontae, just because he's the only guy on that team. But the only one I think that might have an issue is uh, Calvin Ridley, obviously, because Kyle Pitts is going to take all the targets, obviously. 
Oh yeah. So Kyle Pitts will break it too. How about that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there we go. Now I'm with you. That is a that is an extremely intense take, and I disagree wholeheartedly. That will not happen, guaranteed. <laughs> so, no way that's happening. <laughs> did the math, and it would come out. So they'd have to play all 17 games, right? And they'd have to average nine catches a game. No way, dude. <laughs> you don't think with with Fields coming in and you know focusing in on Robinson with Calvin Ridley being the only guy that you're not even high on pits. So you should kind of buy that one. And then Diggs was almost on that pace last year. He was at eight receptions a game. So if they take a step forward, he gets one more game and plays all 17. It happens. All right. I like the logic. I like the research, but I'm just, I'm wholeheartedly saying it does not happen. Say goodbye to your record, Michael Thomas. <laughs> Back to you, Eric. We've got one more spicy take each. It's been pretty good so far. So keep us rolling, Ernie. All right. My last spicy take. This one will get me in some hot water, I feel. The scum and sneak favorite, Antonia. Uh-oh. Oh, geez. Don't go there. Don't do it. Antonia will not be an RB1. He will not be an RB2. Antonia Gibson will be outside of the top 30 running backs in fantasy football this year. Oh, you are out of your gourd. <laughs> you want spicy? I got spicy. Jeez Louise. Is, Let me just back this up a little like bit. Spicy. Hell, that's not even spicy. <laughs> Let me just tell you why. The Washington football team didn't lose any running backs, I don't think. McKissick is still there. Barber's still there. They added the running back, uh, Patter- Patterson or Peterson or someone. Yeah. So it's the same as last year. Their passing game got better. They got Fitzpatrick. They got Curtis Samuel. They got Danny Brown. I feel like they're going to pass more. And I did a little research on the snap counts last year. In the games where both J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson's played, J.D. McKissick outsnapped Antonia in nine of the 14 games. In the preseason games, J.D. McKissick is still getting third down work. The only saving grace Antonia had was how efficient he was. And I will say he was insanely efficient with his touches last year. But I don't see that happening again. Antonia Gibson... RB31. Oh my gosh. Book it. That hurts my heart. That is not even that's not even spicy, man. That is like on the the whatever, the the moon. That's on Mars. 31. Oh my gosh, what a take. Coming in Ernie E Fritz, the holy smackaroos. I love it. That's why we're here, folks. The logic is pretty sound though. I just, the problem I have is 30 running backs being better than him. I, that I don't see, but I mean, also this could just take one injury, one reaggravation of that turf toe, and Ernie's sailing, sailing smooth, catching it right. So Jeez, Louise, Louise, what a tank, dude! I'm sure Matt's gonna come after you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting. Yeah, you're dead. You're dead, boy. <laughs> I will say I do love James Robinson though, Matt. So start him instead. Man, I would love if the Jags could do like a two back system and like utilize both and make them both really good. But 
I don't really trust Urban Meyer. Sorry, Sneak. Sorry, Gooch. You guys are dumb. Sorry, Sneak, for what? Because he coached at Ohio State. Oh, <laughs> ages ago. <laughs> like a year ago. Two years Urban ago. Urban Meyer? Yeah. Did he? I mean, like, I don't know. Not that long ago. All right. Here's my last spicy spice take. Now, would who would you guys say has the best group of running backs on their team? Me. Laviska Lavuska. Oh, okay. I thought this would be or Brandon. Never mind. It's I would say that the best squad of running backs is Brandon's team. He's basically five starters. Yeah, it's yeah, gotta be. Yeah. So none of Brandon's running backs will be top 10 running backs. Oh. <laughs> they will all be outside the top 10 in fantasy points and all the stuff that comes with it. They none of them are gonna crack it. And there you have it, Brandon. I'm sorry. And you're going to be so, so sad and depressed. And you're going to probably make some rash moves about because of it. He's going to be so mad hearing that. But, I mean, you're saying that about Swift, Dobbins, and Jacobs is like whatever, right? Probably not going to be top ten. Saying that about Chubb and CMC is like – my tongue hurts. <laughs> Just itches an itch you can't scratch, huh? Man. So what's the reasoning? CMC injury again or just tears Marshall hype? What's the what's the argument against Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, I'm going I'm going injury. I'm going he's gonna have a lot of weird injury ridden games. He'll miss some time. Hubbard's going to be good enough to where they're going to wonder what to do with CMC once he starts getting an ankle sprain or a whatever this and there. And then the other guys, they just have too much competition and, and other stuff in their backfields right now. Mm. Eric, any chance that happens? There's a very slim chance. I think it's hard because he's got five potential in the, in the top 10 and for none of them to make it. I mean, if four of them, are far out that means one of them should make it but and plus antonio is not going to be in there mm-hmm. so that's kind of tough but that's what this is all about we want the spicy takes and i could see it happening honestly if cmc gets hurt it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility even though i love nick chubb so he'll probably still be in it but it's pretty spicy snake thank you you guys ready for mine Hit it. all right Bringing it back, our boy Snake, Jonu Smith. Yes. Will have more receiving touchdowns than Justin Jefferson and more rushing touchdowns than DeAndre Swift. Ah, yes. Wow. Gosh, what a take. Jonu, did you hear that? Come on the show, man. We love you. Now, is this me hating on Jefferson and Swift? Maybe a little bit, but it's mostly loving Jonu. Big touchdown year coming. Double digits combined. Not not both or anything, but between receiving and rushing, he'll have double digits for sure and more in those individual categories than the guys I mentioned. Book it. Janu, you're the man. No arguments. Okay, let's wrap it up here. Thanks, everyone, for... What do you think, Eric? <laughs>
<laughs> I think you're letting this rushing attack that you saw in the preseason get to your head a little bit. I think, uh, I think what he lined up in the backfield a couple times. Oh yeah. And looked good. Yeah, I think that's probably getting your head. Uh, we already talked about the Patriots backfield. If you want to throw in Johnu to that, then we got a real mess on our hands. He's a goal line back. He could be the goal line back, just like Jamal Williams, which takes away DeAndre Swift. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh huh. See. Yeah. See, we're tracking. Yeah, we're see. tracking. Uh-huh. And Dalvin is a big play machine. He's going to get all the fifty-yard touchdowns, not Jefferson. True. True. See. See. All right, Eric's I'm in. Board. Book it. Man, we love. We sure love to convince ourselves. <laughs> so John, who had. Let me look at the rushing touchdowns last year. Is it is it one? Maybe it's two. Let me double check. It's one, which that might even be DeAndre Swift this year. Sorry, Eric. But Very well could. That might be the case. Yeah, I don't see the Lions ever getting in the red zone. Exactly. Well, what a what – a, man, we're all uh, – we're looking for water and that milk right now, panting our breasts because we are all just spiced out, hotter than heck over here. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I know that you're going to hear about it, and rightfully so. But if you've got takes that are as spicy or even spicier, we want to hear those for sure so we can talk about them, debate it. Uh, Again, I think this was a fun one. Thank you, Eric, for being here, coming on, talking to us, giving us some insight. Anything else you want to say before we head out? Uh, LaVisca LaVusca is still on track for the 2024 championship don't any of you forget it how could we we never will Shanique, take us out thank you to all of our loyal listeners fans friends foes uh everyone out there in the world we appreciate you this is what we do week in week out this coming Shanique show we love y'all thank you ernie e fritz eric man of the hour season's coming up Preseason, couple weeks out. We are excited and we are going to just uh, hit you with all the good stuff you need to know. So uh, until then, bye. wondering when you say bye at the end if that was just a, a little clip that you put in every time or you say it every time nope live every time <laughs> live every time it sounds the exact same every time that's impressive <laughs> <laughs>